This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. Um, good morning. Um, if you haven't already met me yet, I'm Panache, um, and um, I moved here about a year ago from um, a place called um, Kerith in Bracknell, um, where Naomi's dad um, used to be the lead pastor, um, and also Steve um, and Mo- and um, and Joe used to be there as well. So um, yeah, we joined um, God First after we moved here. It wasn't because Naomi and Steve and Joe come here we didn't know them before we moved here um um, but yeah um as um yeah i'm a little bit nervous today but i'm also very excited to share the word um and i wanted to start off with um with a little prayer um thank you everybody who's prayed for me today um and sent me messages i feel very encouraged so yeah i'm looking forward to this um but we're going to start off with a prayer um So um, thank you, Lord, um, so much for bringing all of us into your presence today. Um, I thank you for our wonderful um, family of God first. I thank you for the love that's in this church, Father. Um, I thank you for each and every single person who was able to make it, our visitors, um, and also just our church family. And um, I thank you so much for those who aren't able to be here. Um, I pray, Lord, that um, as I speak today, Lord, that you'll be the one that will speak through me. I pray that you'll use me as a vessel, Lord. Um, I pray that every single person who's in this room, Lord, that whatever they've experienced this week, um, good or bad, Father, I pray that you empty us of all of that, Lord, and you fill us up anew, Lord. Um, and um, just that this word, Father, will touch hearts um, and will be able to, um, yeah, just help us, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, so my message comes from um, Psalm 139, um, and it's about safety. Um, I wanted to focus on the emotional journey that David has in this psalm um, that he goes through with God um, and how it helped me when um, my family went through um, an unexpected um, tough time um, that was caused by an unexpected death um, that we experienced. Um, Normally, the psalm that I go to when I'm having a tough time is Psalm 121. Um, which I normally send to my friends, um, you know, when they're going through a tough time. Um, and also, it's just kind of a little bit like my biblical paracetamol. I don't normally take normal paracetamol, but for me, it's my version of biblical paracetamol. Um, and I think like God knows me so well that it brings me so much peace um, that um, on the day when this happened, um, my manager, I called him because I, I wanted to ask him for a day off. And um, straight away, he, I don't know, God just told him, he's a Christian, um, of course, um, and um, God just spoke to him, and um, he sent me that, like, that particular, like, passage straight away. Um, And I was like, wow, God, you already know what I need, even when I'm not even aware of what I need. You know, I was going through a really tough time, and he could hear it in my voice, and he just straight away sent it to me. But as you know, two weeks ago, 
someone called Mr. Christopher <laughs> preached on it um, and stole it. Um, so, <laughs> so thanks, Christopher. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, it wasn't the psalm that God wanted me to preach because there were lots of things that he wanted me to talk about that he had brought onto my heart that I was feeling at that particular time. So when we talk about safety, it's something that's really, really important to most of us, right? Um, and um, we talk about it, but what does it actually mean? I mean, for me, I had to go to the English dictionary to kind of get an understanding of what it means. So, so um, the English dictionary, the, the Oxford dictionary, not just any dictionary, the Oxford dictionary, um, states that um, the state of being safe um, and protected from danger or harm, that safety is also being free from hurt or damage and being unhurt. But also there was a Christian um, definition in there, which I did not expect. And it said, delivered from sin or condemnation, saved in a state of salvation. Wow. So I was very, very surprised that there was a Christian definition in the first place. Um, and um, it was really, really important to me as I was reading that, that the Christian definition didn't actually talk about being free from harm didn't talk about that at all that was not mentioned but it focused on salvation being delivered from sin and also from condemnation and so it got me thinking about what does safety look like for most of us it looks pretty different right what we think safety is it looks pretty different from what those definitions are so for most of us we have these things called safety nets right um, and um, they make us feel less stressed, you know, they make us feel less anxious, um, they make us feel more like self-sufficient, um, and they give us this feeling of like things are going to be all right. And for some of us who might be purchasing a new house, which is always quite exciting, right? Um, it might be getting lots of likes on social media, which is, you know, a nice feeling for, um, for, for a lot of people because it lets you know that you're doing something right, you know. You've got all these things that are happening in your life and you have people cheering you on and encouraging you. For some of us, it's the place that we live in, the comfort that we have in, say, like a place like Cheltenham. <laughs> it's very comfortable living here, isn't it? <laughs> um, or some of us, it might be having a certain type of job with a certain amount of money, um, earning a certain type of living so that you're able to provide for your family, whatever it is. And some of us, it might be putting on a mask, pretending that things are okay, even when they're not great. And I don't know what your safety nets are, but I'm not shaming you at all because I also have my own. Um, for me, it's my family. They're my biggest safety net. They make me feel loved. They make me feel supported. They're my biggest cheerleaders. My husband has been incre incredible in encouraging me whilst I've been preparing for this. They also make me feel like I've got people around me that have my back. My brother, I don't know where he is right now, but I know that he's got my back. Um, but on the flip side, there are things that make us feel pretty unsafe and make us feel anxious and unstable. And those things might be losing a job, losing a family member, an unexpected you know, sickness in the family, or for yourself. Um, an inability to be able to, to, to provide for your family, feeling lonely, um, not having people around you, um, a breakdown in marriage, whatever it is. And it might even be where you live or who you live with. And I don't know what it is. 
for me, it's probably when my family are unwell, um, when people are getting sick or I'm losing loved ones. That makes me feel a little bit um, un unstable. And maybe you guys can relate. But I know that in this psalm, um, that David talks about what real safety is. It's not about safety nets. It's not about what we can touch. But he talks about what real safety is and what that looks like. So I'm going to ask my lovely husband if he can read for us um, from Psalm um, 139. All right. Um, from reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT. Um, so, from starting from verse one. O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. <clears throat> if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the father stations, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. Ooh, they blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Sorry, I didn't think it was going to hit me this hard. Um, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Look. Thank you, Tim. 
Um, I think that was really beautifully read. And, um, and um, I think I loved this psalm so much um, and how David articulated it. As Tim can, as you can tell from Tim, it's quite an emotional psalm. Um, it, start off, it starts off by talking about how, how God knows us and how he has already searched our hearts. And, and that even when we can't explain our feelings very clearly, even when we don't know how we feel or why we feel it, God already knows how we're feeling is what David says. And he understands the words in our minds and in our hearts before we even say them. And if you look at David's life um, or the psalm that he wrote, you know that he's not a stranger to mixed emotions. And in this psalm, he shows how he's amazed by how much God knows him so deeply. And he reflects on it and the type of knowledge, that that type of knowledge of knowing is just way, way too much for him to even grasp. And I don't know if you guys can relate, but I definitely can relate to this. He then moves on to God's presence. He says, no matter where I go or hide, in darkness or in light, God still sees me and he still knows me. Even if I'm alone in darkness, God is still with me. There's such like a deep rest that comes with simply knowing his presence in no matter what circumstance you're in, whether it's good or it's bad, just knowing him. It's just, there's such a peace that comes with that. And I'm not sure if I can say that I fully grasp this, especially when tough things happen, that I completely know every single moment that God is with me. But when I'm, but I, but I, I, I know that he's with me still, even when I don't know because he still sends me people that remind me that he is with me. As for example, as I said, my manager, the fact that I was by myself at work and I was shaking and I called him and God knew at that moment that I needed him. And he sent a passage through my manager for me to know that I'm still with you. Even though you're at work and you're around people that aren't Christians, I'm still with you. I am still with you. And, you know, it's incredible that David knows this, despite also then talking about how much he hates the wicked and the darkness in the world, because he knows, because he's, he's experienced it. So I wanted to share with you a story about where I've, emotion, where I've experienced dark emotions whilst also seeking safety in God. So I grew up in Milton Keynes, way before I moved to Bracknell, um, I grew up in Milton Keynes. Um, and it was a pretty safe place when I lived there. Um, it was somewhere where, a little bit like Cheltenham, where you could probably get away with not locking your door now and then. You don't want to make a habit of it, but you can probably get away with it, you know, once in a while. But however, in the past like five years, approximately, maybe a little bit more, um, it's become incredibly unsafe. And violence, in particular stabbings of young men, has become pretty common. And as a Christian, and also with my mum still living there, it can be quite hard sometimes and pretty challenging to see where God is in the darkness and how he's going to bring light into it, because it's not an easy fix, but it's only a fix that he can do. And up until the 29th of March, 2022, our family had been pretty sheltered from this. 
even though it was happening, it was happening around <coughs> us and it was happening to people that we don't know. So we were pretty unharmed and untouched from it. But on that day, my view of Milton Keynes completely changed. Somewhere that was once a safe place, a safety net where my family's from, that was completely robbed from me and completely taken away. A 20-year-old young man was stabbed to death at his family home just outside by another person of a similar age. And he wasn't the only one that, you know, that particular month. He was one of four young men who were killed, but it only took one for it to impact my family and how we view Milton Keynes. In that moment, a very dark cloud entered our household. And I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it and say that, you know, I felt God's present in that moment. I saw the people that were hurt by it, the friends that lost a loved one. And I was shocked, but then also I was angry. I was very, very angry. I was angry with the person who did it. I was angry about why didn't God stop it? I was confused and I'm still confused now, even though I tried to act like I'm strong and I can handle it, but I'm still pretty confused about it. It changed someone who I loved's life completely, but it also changed my life as well. What was once home is now a terrifying place that my mum lives. I get scared sometimes. You know, I ask myself, what if something like that was to ever happen to my mum? When I go to Milton Keynes, I'm a little bit more scared. I check the door more often than I used to. And also, I get even more scared when my brother goes, because I think to myself, what if something happened to him? I mean, logically, I know that he's only going to go to the train station from, Milton, from, from Cheltenham to Milton Keynes, and then he's going to walk from the train station to home, and then he's going to do that again going back. He's not going to go anywhere. That puts him in harm. But my mind can't seem to calculate that. I still feel a level of fear. But I guess that's what happens, right, when evil breaks into our households. And when the evil in the world and the darkness in the world comes into our household, we start to realise that all of our safety nets just won't protect us from worldly evil and worldly harm. And I don't know if you have experienced any darkness in your life. I don't know if you've experienced anything that has made you feel unsafe. I know for some it might be you know, you've worked out your whole life and you've had a really healthy diet your whole life, but you still get cancer. Or someone in your family gets cancer and it's so unexpected and you're asking God, why won't you save them? Why won't you heal them? Maybe it might be you've given everything you can to your job, but yet you are still made redundant, along with the people that haven't put much effort into their jobs. It might be some of you might have been sexually assaulted by someone you trust, or even a stranger. It may be something as when you were at a young age, a friend showed you porn, and 
up until this day, you still fighting for you to go a single, even just a week without turning to it for a level of safety. Whatever it is that makes you feel unsafe. I won't know, I don't know, but God knows and you know. And I don't know how it's made you feel. But I think most of us can agree that it all stems from sin. Whether it's our sin, someone else's sin, it stems from sin. Which brings us to Genesis, right? In the Bible at the start, when Adam and Eve first sinned. And it also brings us to the end of the psalm, where David talks about, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought. Point out to anything in me that offends you and lead me along a path of everlasting life. David, in this moment, resets and asks God to search his heart, even though he already knows from the, from the start that God already has searched his heart. But he wants to know. He wants to know about his own sinful heart. He wants God to show him that. So when David um, was appointed as king, this is a little bit more. I know that people have given an overview of David's life um, in past um, preachers that we've had. Um, but this is a part of like David's story that's not always told in the, um, in the Bible, um, like in the Sunday school version of, um, of his story. So David is appointed king and Saul tries to kill him. He is terrified, of course, as most of us would be if someone was trying to kill you. But later on, David sleeps with someone else's wife. He then, gets them, he, he then kills them when he gets their wife pregnant. He repents to God. God forgives them. And later on, Jesus comes from David's bloodline, as previously prophesied. You can find that in um, 2 Samuel 7. Jesus was appointed king, and people tried to kill him as well. He allows it to happen, and he bears all of our sins on the cross, so that we may have salvation, as mentioned in the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> Um, where we have true safety and peace. And no matter what darkness that we experience on this earth, no matter what it is, he's still been to the darkest place. And that's not me trying to downplay what everybody has been through or the pain that they've been through. But Jesus has been to the darkest place for us on our behalf. So unfortunately... You know, going back to the Oxford Dictionary um, version of what safety is, it doesn't really seem like it, it necessarily is true because we're not free from harm. Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, 22, that you will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. He also then tells us more in John 15, 18 to 19. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of this world. 
and that's why the world hates you. And that's just a little reminder when the world is being cruel to, one, to us. We have been chosen by Jesus to be his own. And, you know, reading this psalm, you get all these mixed emotions because you're, you know, you're battling your flesh, but you're also battling with knowing what the truth is and what the word is. So I personally took comfort, comfort in the fact that God is with me and all of us, his children. In difficult situations, may it be at work, at home, at school, or wherever it is, he's always with us. And as it says in verse 7, we can't flee from his presence. So even when we feel alone, he's still with us. Even when we feel down, he's still with us. He guides us, irrelevant of where we are. We can always pray to him. We can always look to him. His strength will always support us through difficult times. And his thoughts are very, very precious about us. No matter what the world tells us, no matter what we see on social media, no matter what we see in the world, no matter how people talk to us, even if someone is unkind to you, God's thoughts are still so precious about us. And although there's still heaviness in my heart about those evil acts in the world, those evil acts that I see every day, even if it's bullying, whatever it is, there's a heaviness on my heart but I know that I must respond from a place of humility, of also knowing of my sinful nature. I'm not perfect. I'm always striving to be more like Christ and still working to be more like Christ. But I know that I have a sinful nature. This leads me to praying for those who are committing these evil acts as we're called to by Jesus. In Matthew 5:44 where Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I pray for God to search our hearts and to search those people who are doing wicked things in the world. I pray for him to search their hearts, to change their hearts and, to, and for him to lead them onto the correct path as Jesus has done for us and as he has done by changing our hearts at the cross. I pray that he may search our hearts so that we may also still be able to be salt and light into the world, even when it's dark. And for us to still have an ability and the strength to forgive over and over and over again. He tells us, you know, forgive and continue to forgive. So I leave you with a verse that brought me a lot of comfort as I was finishing off my preach, the preparation of my preach. And it's in 2 Timothy 4.18. And it says, The Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.